Welcome to That's Agritastic, the show that celebrates the scope and diversity of agriculture across the country. I'm Pete Emmons, your host. Joining me today is my very special guest, Darlene Woolnack, Program Director with the Farmers Market Coalition. And today, we are spotlighting the Farmers Market Coalition. While I know we are well into the late farmers market fall season, there's a lot happening around the country. So, Darlene, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to get us inside what's going on with the coalition. So thank you so much in advance. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, we always like to have some fun with our guests as we get going on the show. First time you've been on our show. So I noticed uh, prepping for this that, that you are out of New Orleans. That's correct. Now, are, are these your roots? Are you from the South or did you uh, migrate? I actually was born and raised in Northeast Ohio and uh, have a, a, a Northeast Ohioan parent and then a New Orleans parent. And so I moved to New Orleans when I was a teenager. But since then, I've sort of gone back and forth a number of times and now make my life in between both Ohio and, and in New Orleans. So I'm split, I split between the two. So I assume that you are a Buckeye fan. <laughs> I'm a Buckeye. That's for that's for darn okay. sure. And I'm sure I'm sure a Northeast Ohio sports fan, as you can imagine, these days. Well, very good. Now let's talk a little bit about your initial career map and your career plans. Uh, how did that all come about? How did that start? What were, you, what were your initial uh, thoughts and direction that you were going to go for? Oh, you mean before I started working in this this yes. part of the world? Yes, yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, like a lot of Ohio kids, I just looked for where the work that would take me, right? Where was the work that was available? I, I uh, started off in hotel management, actually in New Orleans, because I had moved there. And then I went into community organizing. I worked for uh, a really fantastic uh, national organization called Citizen Action for a long time. Uh, and then when I moved, uh, I was traveling around the country. I moved back to New Orleans in 2000, and I really started to look for my next round of work. And I really, really wanted to do um, community organizing, but I also love working in retail. I've designed retail stores. I've, I've run them. And I was really happy to find the Crescent City Farmers Market being run by Mark and Umbrella around 2000, which was the, the premier farmers market organization in, in New Orleans. And I was hired on um, soon after I arrived. I was very pleased about that. Now, was this the uh, Market Umbrella nonprofit that you're talking about now that you worked for? You worked for 10 years, it looks like, uh, and you helped uh, facilitate open air markets there. Yeah, we did. We still, of course, that organization still runs the markets there. And I'm thrilled to be able to support them whenever I can. It is um, a wonderful thing to work in a place like New Orleans, where food is such a, a cultural moment. And uh, we have a lot of regional partners there. And so I still do a great deal of work back home when I'm there. So what is it that uh, really drove you to looking at pursuing work with a farmer's market? What initially sparked that whole uh, interest? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's a it's an odd little choice for a, a career. I'm not sure I thought it was going to be career. I was hoping to do some really meaningful volunteer work. And then as I went to work as a volunteer for the local market organization in New Orleans, I found there were so many different uh, skills one could use to be a market running a market, you know, from designing the layout to looking for vendors to understanding agriculture to working with at risk populations to thinking about how we expand the impacts we have in terms of measurement so it really hit a lot of different things that I enjoyed in the work and of course 
Growing up in Northeast Ohio, I had a great experience, of course, knowing all about the farm stands and, of course, the West Side Market. So it was a it was a culture that I really already appreciated. Um, and I was thrilled to finally get to, you know, get to get a job doing it um, in 2001. So basically, uh, being around that kind of really made it resonate for you and, and drove it home. And then, boy, you knew that you wanted to do that as a career then. Excellent. Yeah. Well, you have been with the Farmers Market Coalition, it looks like, since about 2015. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, okay. Well, I mean, I, I've been around the organization since it was founded, it found, founded in 2008. And my organization in New Orleans, Mark and Umbrella, was actually one of its founding organizations. One of the, And it really was, you know, one of those situations where we were hoping to build something together as a nation of markets and FMC uh, was our, was our, was our plan. And so I've been around it in some form since it began, but I started to work directly for it as a staff member in 2015. That is correct. Tell us a little about your major responsibilities that you currently have. Yeah. So it's as program director of a, of a small remote nonprofit, uh, my my duties really do vary depending on what we're working on. But essentially, it's my job to oversee all of the funded projects um, that we have that all go to help support the capacity of farmers market operators. That's over a dozen projects, everything from how to help support nutrition incentive programs at markets to figuring out how to help them uh, manage risk management better to doing things like conflict resolution training. Uh, resource development, all of it is about uh, capacity building for market operators. And then individually, I also do a lot of work directly with markets and with networks to support evaluation at markets. That's something that I've been doing at markets for a very long time, going back to my time in New Orleans, working on how do we can measure the impacts of farmers markets. So it's something I get called on to do a lot. The next question I'm going to ask you, I know we could take the rest of the entire show but you reflect on your involvement with the Farmers Market Coalition and in your role, if you were to look at maybe the top three or four really wow moments uh, that you're really proud of, what would those be? Yeah, that's a, you're right. That is a tough one. I mean, I, I guess the first one I really would say is actually the de- development of the organization itself, because by farmers market operators and their partners coming together and making agreements about what we could do as an, on a national level. So that I think is the first that we exist and we have built a real network of partners around it. I think the work around the toolkits, the development of toolkits at, at Farmers Market Coalition, especially of course the Farmers Market Legal Toolkit, which we developed in partnership with Vermont Law School and the NOFA Vermont entity. And we continue to, to add to that. That's been a huge, um, success. I think also funding the very recent anti-racist farmers market legal toolkit, which has been developed by a working group of black leaders and really comes as a response to what we saw markets asking us for more training on these areas. But probably overall, uh, the biggest wow that uh, FMC has is it's really intricate and gorgeous communications around National Farmers Market Week, around amplifying the needs and the capacity of farmers markets across the country, everything from our guest Instagram contest, our poster contests, all of the communication work we do every day throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year is something I think is uh, we're best known for. Keeping farmers markets in the spotlight while really building up the brand continuously. That's right. 
Well, farmers markets across the country, boy, they are continuing to resonate and evolve with a John Q. Public. Now, I uh, looked at a little bit of the statistics here. United mm-hmm. States Department of Agriculture survey uh, indicated that the presence were of approximately right now about 7,864 farmers mm-hmm. markets across the country. What do you attribute the consumer interest level to markets? Is it yeah. desire for local fresh produce? What is it? That that is always the the question we're asking ourselves and asking consumers actually. And you know, and it's interesting you point out that number because even the the USDA and Farmers Market Coalition are always thinking about ways we can make that number more precise because we both think that number is probably reporting a little low. It may be more that uh, we're seeing more like nine thousand farmers market sites around the country, and we hope in the next few years to really come to a real precise number together to be able to report it out. But I think essentially. Farm, you know, farmers markets serve a purpose around how to give value to, for people with their hard-earned dollar and their time. I think those two things coming together is what really is the key success of farmers markets, that you're talking about something that is in your local community. It supports your local neighbors who are farmers, producers, and it's not only a place to go shop. It's a place to learn and it's a place to have some social time. I think all of those things coming together in a farmer's market are, what, are why, why they continue to be appealing. And certainly during COVID, we saw markets numbers really climb in terms of the number of new shoppers and the uh, total sales that they were yet gaining because I think people knew that they could get healthy quality goods from their neighbors during that time of crisis. And so they came flocking to us. So I think it's all of those things, but it's the combination of all of those. The fact that they they see themselves as town squares, they provide uh, sort of an inclusive democratic experience that really does, someone doesn't have to come and, and purchase something to be at a market. They can just come and meet and talk to farmers and producers but and their neighbors. But of course, we want both those things to happen. So I think those are the main reasons we we hear from consumers. It's a total experience, and it's unlike going to a big box grocery store, but here you have that whole personalized experience with all that interaction, where do those uh, products come from, and all of that combined, like you say, a total experience for all ages, something going on uh, across the country all the time. So lots happening with that. Now, the farmer's market coalition, uh, you alluded to this earlier, is a relatively very young organization going back to 2008. Just give us a very brief history on the startup and really what the core mission is. Yeah, that's right. We are we are relatively young. It's hard for us to remember that sometimes because we are in and out of every market day, market season with our with our you know peers out there. But yeah, 2008, is when FMC was officially founded. And it, it came out of a group of markets who had been meeting together across the country with the USDA, with projects for public spaces. And they had been talking about the future of farmers markets, seeing the numbers climb and in, in, in the total number of markets that were opening across the US and realizing that it was probably time to have a, a united voice at the national level. And so that is really what founded FMC. And, um, since that time, it has continued to see its role as being for farmers market operators. How do we serve that particular community of people who actually volunteers and paid staff and board members and others who serve farmers markets who actually get those those markets set up and and programs run? And so our job is to really stay in touch with those market managers' needs and to help elected officials, 
food system leaders and agencies really understand the ever expanding needs. But, you know, essentially, we always talk about our core mission as being to strengthen markets for the benefits of farmers, for consumers, and for the community. So we call that our triple bottom line. But that's essentially um, what we hold ourselves to um, every day, every week, every year. And you're really uh, driven by all of those organizations that you serve. You're really membership driven, yes. if you would, with that. Tell us a little bit about the internal organization of the coalition itself, your staffing and, and that part. You are a five, 501c3 nonprofit. Yes, we are 501c3. And we have grown a lot in the last few years. Since 2019, we've grown uh, from three to 11 staff members. And all of that staffing comes from uh, funded projects, essentially, and, and memberships and, and other sponsorships that we have around National Farmers Market Week. Um, we have an executive director, we have a deputy director, and then we have a wonderful group of staff members who do all of that, the outreach directly with the markets and the networks and, and work under a project. So there's a goal for them to work on either expanding nutrition incentives or, again, working on data collection in Ohio or conflict resolution in Vermont, Maine, or, you know, SNAP education and promotion of SNAP in Texas. All of these projects are the kinds of things we're working on and that our staff work directly on. And then, of course, we have uh, a few communications members whose job it is to sort of be across all of those and to make sure that we're communicating these this work and the work that markets do to the larger community. So it's a, it's a real wide variety of services. We definitely spend a lot of time on things like uh, resource development or facilitating networks, uh, as well as increasingly we're doing more and more with it now, analyzing the actual sector, like being called upon by different entities to say, tell us what you think is happening in your sector and how can we help? And so that's something we spend more and more time on. So a lot on everybody's plate oh, with a small number of staff, and you really must have a, a passion for that field uh, to really uh, get into it, too. So kudos uh, to all of your staff for what you do on a regular basis. Now, we can take a whole nother hour on the next thing, and that is there's a lot of challenges out there. Nothing is uh, every day is not a, a bed of roses, if you will. But what are some of the significant challenges that the farmers markets are, are facing right now? Is it uh, financial? Is it financial? Is it sustaining? Is it getting enough vendors? What is it? Is it or internal organization? Well, one can hear from your questions. You have spent a lot of time talking to markets because they're spot on. I mean, there's no question that the market organizations themselves have done an incredible job being high impact and low capacity to do their job. So many markets run on uh, the staff of one or a few or volunteers, but certainly that is, so, so their capacity is always a struggle because there's not funding out there, tons of funding for market organizations to operate themselves and to have the staff and time to do the work. But certainly, there's certainly no question that, um, uh, that's number one. But always, always, we have to think about how this relates to farmers and producers and farmers market struggle with finding enough vendors simply because, of course, farming is land. Farming is expensive. It's very difficult. And land access is not very easy. Finding land that's good for farming and close to a, a farmer's market to be able to drive yourself in and having the time to drive yourself in and having the retail aspect of all of that is very, very difficult. And so we're always thinking about those our vendors and how we can help them grow their products, make sure that they have enough staffing, make sure that what they're doing is clear to the consumers. That is, and in the world that we live in, having those simple messages 
about farming to uh, shoppers who are working online a lot and looking at things and images is sometimes very, very challenging. So I think those are the, some of the major, major issues. But of course, the other one we always start to worry about is we see other retail operations co-opting the name, language of farmer's markets and not offering at all the same benefits. People calling themselves farmer's markets that are in no way um, supporting farmers or offering local goods directly to to their neighbors. So that's one of the challenges FMC is always thinking about. I'm working diligently to address those as well. I know all of those uh, areas and, and more. Well, right now it is time to salute all of our outstanding show sponsors that make our program possible. That does include the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties, Liberty National Bank of Marysville, Ohio, Utsi's Farm Market of Plain City, Ohio, the Union County, Ohio Agriculture Society, and the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association. You'll find great products and services at all of our show partners. Well, Darlene, just before we did our little credit mentions here to our sponsors, you were talking about some of the farm major challenges that the markets are facing. I know the coalition is working on addressing major priority issues. Uh, and I know that the work of the coalition has really made major positive impacts since 2008. So share with us a couple examples of some real positive impacts that have you've been able to help facilitate. Yeah, I would say that uh, for FMC, we're very proud of the work we've done to educate elected officials about the needs that that uh, farmers markets and farmers have uh, in direct marketing farmers. We spent a lot of time advocating on their behalf uh, to members of Congress, making sure that if we have a great local farmer or market manager who can go talk to their elected official and explain exactly what how important this work is that we can help them do that so that they have you know the advocacy we do is extremely important to the history and the future of fmc certainly our uh, we're known a lot around uh, the farmers market sector for our work in helping to uh, farmers markets think about technology everything from payment processing to measurement work, um, how they measure their, their market's impacts. We spend a lot of time talking with both policymakers and developers and making sure that the features and needs of farmers markets are well understood. Because you know, markets are doing an amazing job creating opportunities for people to take uh, credit cards and debit cards and, and, and snap cards and other types of benefits directly outside at a farmer's market in a parking lot and doing that through their own innovation and our support. I think we've done a lot to help there. And certainly always with us, it's always about the way we're able to connect markets to each other. There's such a peer network in the field, which is definitely how we were created. And so our work to create communities of practice where we invite different markets together to talk about specific issues. We do a lot of that every, every single week and month and year. And that I think those are the things we're most well known for. Excellent. Well, as we kind of continue on here, you are a very proactive organization. You have an extensive, and I do mean underscore extensive, uh, strategic plan, a five-year strategic plan that really spells out specific priorities, uh, and you've broken it down into short-term, mid-term, and long-term. So again, mm -hmm. this is a whole nother show of itself. I realize that, but uh, just give us a little teaser here. Let's break this down a little bit. Uh, tell us about uh, what some of the short-term uh, things relate to. Is it relate to the membership engagement? Yeah, membership engagement is is key to the, everything that FMC does. I mean, we are, as you say, we're uh, an educational organization, and we can target directly to members, which 
you know, is also how we create our, our board is are from our members. So it's really important that we connect all that. And that's really what we see it as growing our membership and growing the engagement of our members is really making sure that we're talking to them about things that we think are important before we do them, not just saying, here's what we'd like to do. We make sure we go back and get feedback from all of the different members and markets across the country and different partners to make sure we, before we make decisions. So everything from, um, should we, you know, should we get involved how deeply should we get involved in things like technology? And we're, right now we're doing a survey of markets across the country, asking them to show us what kind of technology they do use in their markets, what kind of technology they purchased over the years, giving us pictures of the technology they're using for payment processing, any issues they might have with that so that we can take that and do something with. So a lot of it is about the engagement of those actual markets out there that we don't get too far ahead. We make sure that we're or, or too far behind. We try to make sure that we're listening and talking to them constantly. And so really it is about finding other platforms to have these engagement, not just social media, but having a newsletter or having a listserv, having different things that we allow people to, to communicate with us directly so we can add, we can we can respond to that and move ahead. And certainly that happened a lot during COVID. And early on in March of 2020, we started to hear from markets that were being asked to mitigate the effects of COVID right away. And so we we had to shift a little bit of our work to make sure that we were helping with that, engaging with that and communicating about that and listening to what they were telling us and seeing what kind of resources they need. So that's the kind of engagement with our members that we're always working on. Not putting all your marketing tools in one small basket. Yeah. Well, you have a short term, you have some midterm priorities. You kind of allude a little bit to this, but a lot of emphasis too on uh, data collection methods and, and using those to analyze and supporting the operators. And really, uh, you'd talked a lot about capacity building in the networks itself. Uh, any right. more on that? Well, and that's a great that's a great point because when we talk about markets and their needs, a lot of it is because they are always. What the great thing about farmers markets is they're always asking themselves, "How are we doing? Who are we serving? Can we serve more? Can we do more? Are we in the right spot? Are we are we open the right weeks?" And that all comes from a, a, a circle and a cycle that we see market operators doing, which is how we came to the helping with evaluation was because they were already doing it. Markets were already collecting data, asking their vendors and their neighbors and their community, how were they doing? Checking to see what other markets are doing. So again, a lot of what we do is to listen to what the markets are doing and say, how can we help you? And so for example, um, how we do that in places like Ohio is we work with Ohio State University and the Ohio Farmers Market Management Network to collect how they're collect. We wanted to ask them how they were collecting data, where are their challenges, what could they, what do they need help with, how could we help? And we spent a few years doing just that with them. Um, and that's just another way we can make sure that their their capacity is not it's it, you know they can meet their capacity they can meet their needs within their capacity. I want to circle back here when we talk about uh, membership engagement too, and I don't want to let this point slip. But you have a tremendous focus, very important, tremendous focus on inclusion and market diversity mm -hmm. themselves in terms of who the operators are and who's running these markets. Uh, I want to make sure that we we hit this hard. Let's comment on that. Yeah, that's exactly right. It is it, it is a very, it's a typical indicator of markets that they're thinking about themselves as in much more than just how they impact only how the people that might show up and just only on market day. So that, you know, that markets represent their entire community. 
is something we have always seen markets striving for. And so again, we've heard that from them directly. And so we as an organization try to meet that by working with them on things like how they might have, uh, might update their rules. They might think about um, the rules for how they allow vendors, which may uh, not help those who don't have access to land um, and things like how they can make the place more welcoming, the market more welcoming to everyone. I mean, everything from uh, senior friendly signage to multilingual language on signs and things like that. There's so many ways that we're working on this and markets again are leading us into that conversation. It's really fantastic to see the changing uh, you know, demographics of farmers markets as they uh, start to mature into their next generation, which is there's so many activists that are using it to do significant uh, work around inclusion and diversity and making sure that they are actively justice focused, which is um, impressive. Outstanding. Well, the 2023 farm bill is right around the corner. It has huge implications for everybody in agriculture and not only agriculture, but our, everybody uh, in the, every community and organization. So what, is, what are one or two specific elements that you're really advocating for inclusion in this bill? Yeah, the, as you say, the farm bill is everything. It's a, every five years, we spend an enormous amount of time as many people across the food and farming system do to make sure that what comes out of that is equitable and fair and really shows about what where markets and food system people really are. For FMC, I think we're going to focus a little bit more on a couple of programs. One is the farmer's market promotion program. under It's, under, it's in the USDA under the Agricultural Marketing Service services department division and FMPP focuses on farmers markets and we have some thoughts about how to make the application more simple more accessible easier for market operators to get to go and actually apply for this wonderful funding that's available for them to expand their operations and make sure that it, we increase the funding to to leaders who are not normally have not been normally funded in the past including BIPOC led organizations we're certainly thinking about the the uh, future of the nutrition incentive program, which is called the Gus Schumacher Nutrition Incentive Pro Program, often called Gus NIP, for short. And that is such an incredible program to make sure that incentive there's an incentive incentivizing nature to some of the benefits that are at markets like SNAP, and it's done an incredible amount to change the way SNAP is uh, is viewed and used at farmers markets. We really want to see Gus. The GusNet program, you know, really made sure that that is well funded in the next round. Always, always to think about how we can make sure that farmers markets are named as essential infrastructure in different programs across the um, U.S. You know, U.S. government. That, of course, was a big issue during COVID. That not everybody understood that farmers markets were essential. Um, although they certainly, certainly found out that soon, but it'd be great to be that would be named in such a way. But most of all, what we'll do with the farm bill is to connect our leaders, our local leaders to their elected officials, let them tell their own story, let them tell their issues and their needs. And that of course will end up being very supportive and very helpful for those markets. And I think Congress always appreciates it when they are able to hear directly from their constituents. Cannot put a price on that, that kind of contact at that level to really make that impact strong. Well, when you look at uh, future farm market development, you look at communities that are considering starting a farmer's market, what words of wisdom do you have? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. We, uh, we have that question a lot. And I, I think our most important piece of advice we can give, and I think our state and state leaders would say the same, is 
start early, research and start early. Often we see people coming to a market only a month or two before they'd like to open. And as you can imagine, it's not going to work for most producers out there. They need a little bit more lag, you know, ahead of time to know what's going to happen. So we usually tell people, start out about 18 months out, start about 18 months ahead of where you want to be, and then involve farmers and members of the community in the process all the way through. That also is what we knew we think of look at what are the great markets, the most resilient markets in the U.S. The one thing they all have in common is they have a lot of foundational partners. They talk to their farmers, their vendors, their neighbors, their community members. They involve them in the decision making all the way through extension off agents, all of those. So that what happens is you really have a resilient entity at the end of it. You know, trying to rush it is never a good idea to create a market. If you want to create a long-term farmer's market that really benefits local producers and your local community, you just need to start way out ahead of time and just communicate, communicate, communicate. Having a solid business plan, plan well, including all of those yeah. major stakeholders. So you're not you're back yeah. at square one and not just scrambling all over like spaghetti as you go to start it up. Yeah. Well, what kind of support does your coalition provide then to those, uh, those startups? We have a lot of resources on our website for them. We have a wonderful uh, market manager FAQ series that was created some years ago, but it's still very relevant where we literally traveled around the country asking senior markets what they would do and, and how they would describe these different skills. There's lots of, um, there's a lot of one-on-one research. There's also almost in many, many of our states, there are state farmers market associations, independent farmers market associations who only serve their own state. Um, and those entities um, do an enormous amount to help those startup markets because they often create, they often have conferences um, they have one-on-one calls, they have listservs, things like that, as well as we do too. FMC has a very popular farmer's market manager listserv across the country where a lot of new farmer's market managers, I think, ask, are able to ask questions and get really good feedback from their peers. I have sitting on my desk here in the studio an ag crystal ball. I know you can't <laughs> see it. But we always like to look in that. And boy, we wish sometimes we could just shatter it, but it doesn't happen that way, unfortunately. But when you look into this and you look bravely three, five years and beyond out, how do you see farmers markets evolving? Yeah, I wish I had that crystal ball. <laughs> I'm so sorry I'd, about that. That would be great. Send it along. Um, I think... Um, I think that markets have, in the last 50 years, markets have just done an incredible job innovating every few years in some other manner, whether it was creating uh, cooking demonstrations some, some years ago and then adding, like I said, the benefit programs to that. I think what we're going to see in the next three to five years is even more innovation, especially around technology use. I think markets becoming really comfortable. Everything from, again, payment processing, where it's really a seamless process for the market. But I see more and more markets using drones to look at the market from up top and really measure how it's doing and look at how it's designed. I think technology is becoming a very, very comfortable um, thing for a lot of operators, and that's going to continue to do more. But I also think markets are starting to realize they have to uh, think of themselves as a town square during disaster and disaster recovery. Almost every, certainly every part of the U.S. is dealing with ever, you know, changing climate and other types of disasters and interruptions in business. And markets are starting to really uh, realize that it's time for them to 
figure out how they're going to do that long term. So I have a feeling that market's going to do that in a big way, really be part of disaster and recovery in the next few years. And then, of course, finally, uh, we're starting to see some innovative, always innovative product diversity happening at markets. There's always something new happening at farmers markets in terms of the products and the types of vendors that we see. So I think that will continue to expand. I think more and more people will opt out of creating a storefront for themselves and think of how they can maybe vend for a few years at a farmer's markets. And I think farmer's markets will adapt to that. Farmer's markets are certainly not going to go away and they're going to continue to increase in importance with everything that's going on. Well, I know that we could talk probably for three or four more hours, Darlene, and I'm not sure that we would still have been able to go A to Z <laughs> with everything going on with the uh, coalition, but you've really given us a great, clear uh, picture uh, of the mission, services provided by your organization, and the direction of farmers markets as well. You're all over social media, so put out a few of those media platforms for us. Yeah, of course, we're at, we have a website, farmersmarketcoalition.org. Um, you can find us at FMCORG on a lot of different platforms, Instagram, others. And then you can just find us on Facebook under Farmers Market Coalition. You'll, you'll see a lot of different, a lot of our communications team is always adding to it. It's very fresh, very updated. And like I said, on Instagram, we have a guest Instagram, really great program where we actually give our Instagram account over to a market and let them manage it for a few weeks. And we have that happening all year long through most of the year. So check, out, check us out on, on Instagram, especially. We'll post that up on the show Facebook page for an added resource for all of our listeners. Great, what's, a, what's the final message that you really want to put out there uh, about farmers markets and your coalition? Well, the, the key message I always take everywhere I go is that I want people to realize farmers markets just offer so many benefits to their community. I mean, there's so many ways that they support them. And really, it's important to think about that they're out there often rain or shine, cold, hot, whatever the weather is, that we need people to support them directly as shoppers, as neighbors, as growers, as partners, think about them when you're looking at city or municipal or regional policy around land use. Go talk to your farmers markets. Go utilize them. I just, we just we want them to remain at the democratic center of food systems and the neighborhood town squares as long as we can. And I think they've got a great future for that. Become engaged with your local farmers markets in so exactly. many ways to do that for sure. Well, Darlene, again, I can't thank you for taking time out of your ultra-busy schedule to really give us really value-added information about the Farmers Market Coalition and what's going on with farmers markets across the country. Hey, mega kadoos to you for your leadership, your entire staff and board, volunteers, for continuing to advocate and strengthening farmers markets across the country. Hey, I wish you much continued success, and I'd really like to check in with you uh, later again to continue other conversations with you in the future as well. I love that. Thanks so much. Hey, and as we wrap up, a final shout out to all of our show partners. That does include the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties, a grassroots membership organization dedicated to strengthening and sustaining agriculture through policy advocacy, professional development, resource provisions, and outstanding member benefits. You can find them on Facebook at Central Ohio Farm Bureau. And for more information, you can contact Melinda Lee, the organization director, M. Lee at OFBF. Dot org. That's Emily at OFBF.org. Liberty National Bank of Marysville, Ohio, offering great rates for ag, commercial, and residential projects combined with exceptional individualized customer service. 
located on Coleman's Crossing and open Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon. You can check them out online at libertybankmarysville.org, libertybankmarysville.org. Utsi's Farm Market of Plain City, Ohio. It's your one-stop shop for all your favorite Amish cheeses, deli meats, baked goods, and more. Their corn crib is fully stocked with fresh local fall produce that does include pumpkins, gourds, butternut squash, cabbage, tomatoes, apples, and much more. They are open 9 to 5, Monday to Saturday on Converse Huff Road off of Route 42. And be sure to order online. You can find them on Facebook. Utsi's Farm Market, it's worth the drive. The Union County, Ohio Agricultural Society, dedicated to enhancing quality ag events and practices to make positive community impacts. For additional information, contact Mike Schnell, secretary at UCFMGR at gmail.com, UCFMGR at gmail.com, and the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association, cultivating a future in which sustainable and organic farmers thrive. Local food nourishes our communities and ag practices protect and enhance our communities. Now is the perfect time to become a member, offering mega benefits, including organic certification, educational events led by experts, one-on-one -on -one technical support, farm tours, and workshops throughout the fall to sustain and grow your business. Go to oeffa.org. That's oeffa.org. Your patronage and support of all of our show partners makes a huge positive difference. Well, join us again for our next Ag Adventure on October 13th as we go inside the greatest free show on earth. It's a Circleville, Ohio pumpkin show. And you can follow us on Facebook at That's Agritastic for show details, event announcements, and interesting ag stories, and much more. Until the next time, make it an agri-great week.